Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 36 with my friend Jesse or Jessica. You know, she goes by Jesse. There's so many people that have like changed what names they go by over the years, and I find it confusing sometimes because <laughs> obviously I'm interviewing the person that uh, I once knew when I don't know, I think I called her Jessica. Anywho, hi. <laughs> I, I was super excited to see her and talk to her. Um, obviously, this whole pandemic has been hard on us interviewers as we can't see people in person. Um, but it was really great to touch base with someone who had so many questions for me. Uh, and I love that. And Jesse, if you do find yourself listening to this, even though you said you couldn't bear to listen to your own voice, I do hope that uh, you... Uh, get that. I'm so happy you had so many questions for me. I could talk to you about myself all day. So let me know and I'll answer anything. Um, Jessica, Jesse is, is works in infertility and works in DC and has a special event coming up that I will talk to you more about at the end of the episode, the link of which is also going to be in the bio or the description of the episode. It is for Resolve, which is a National Advocacy Day for Fertility, and she'll talk a little bit about that later on in the episode, and like I said, you'll hear about it at the end, so I won't keep you any longer. Here you go, my interview with my friend Jess, E, Jesse, Jessica, <laughs> you get it, here you go. So hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. Um, thanks for doing this. Sure. Thanks for having me on your podcast. And thanks for your incredibly elaborate outline. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> Most people do that, I'm sure. Right? No, you are a first. No. Oh, oh, okay. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. No, I. Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> I no, I loved it. Uh, I was like, oh, I guess I don't have to interview her now. I know everything. Oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was very thorough. Um, I appreciate it because then. I often, especially if it's someone I haven't talked to in so long, um, I will sometimes get sidetracked just catching up with you and forget about something. That sounds But uh, it sounds like you've listened to enough to know that I kind of start with uh, you're born. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have an older sister, right? Yes. How much That's older is your sister? I don't think I knew you had a sister, so there you go, right back Oh, right, there you. we go. Okay, so yeah, we didn't know much about each other. Um, my sister's three years older, and she was like a senior when I was a freshman, so we had that Oh, so classic. your sister graduated with my brother. Your sister wow, probably knows really? my brother. That's crazy. Or would they definitely not know each other? <laughs> uh, my brother was like stupid popular. Oh, really? Yeah, like okay. he spanned years, um, oh. which was very frustrating for me because people would be like, oh, I love your brother and be like, oh, my God, you don't even know he's a tool. Uh, yeah. But such was yeah. such was high school. That's interesting. I'll ask my sister. Yeah, um, um, I'm sure she does know him then. Um uh, yeah, Erica, uh, three years older, has always been like super good to me. Um, um, I've been really lucky. My parents were very like, "Hey, you guys love each other," and we were like, "I guess we do." And... <laughs> <laughs> um, was, yeah. What uh, were you guys? Did you grow up in like Clarkston your whole life? Were you, were yeah. you born here? Uh, we're you know um, everyone was born. I think St. Joe's well, right where we were all <laughs> born, and then we all go to die, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah. That should be their slogan. I think that's a true. good slogan for any <laughs> so, hospital. Yeah. Um, so, yes, um, St. Joe's and then, yeah, Clarkson. Um, I think Waterford for like the first three years of my life. But I mean, you know. How dare you? Got, I live in Waterford now. It's a family thing that we teach. My brother-in-law is from Waterford. So we like to joke about it a lot. Nice. Like, Waterford. No. Yeah. I was like, I like Waterford because it's much cheaper. Um, yeah, yeah. Waterford's great. <laughs> Uh, so what, what do your parents do when you're born? Um, when I was born, I'm not certain what they did when I was born, but, um, my mom is a florist or was a florist. She's retired now. Um, and my dad worked in local government. So he was the township clerk. That's exciting. And then, yeah, it was cute. And, um, then she continued to work at different, um, florist shops throughout my childhood. She owned like a little shop in downtown Clarkson for a while. The Parsonage, Creation's Best. I remember the Parsonage. The parsonage. Yeah. And then she sold it to her business partner. So, that's fun. Um, yeah. And I remember feeling very, very proud and like, excited that my mom was like a was a business owner. It's yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Do you have a lot of early memories? 
I do, um, but I also very much do not trust memories. Yeah. You know, you hear that podcast about like when you think about when you remember something, you don't go to the original memory. You go to the last time you thought about it. And yeah. That we you create know, a lot I, of narratives based on storytelling and pictures. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just very like cautious about memories. I do. I feel that I have a lot of memories, <laughs> but I'm also very aware that who's to say, yeah. you know, could be implanted by some other you know who knows (laughs) um i'm curious about something you sent before here before this before i can't talk but you know what i'm saying um (laughs) so you were diagnosed adhd in second grade yes what is that like as like i mean first of all that's like what 90 91 something like that right early days early days like when nothing no one was getting diagnosed with it was add at the time right it probably was ADD, but I've tried to keep up with the DSM as we go, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really Issues with the DSM? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's diagnosable in the DSM. Uh, it was really embarrassing um, and frustrating to, like, you know, after lunch, go to the office and get your medication. But it was also um, sort of relieving in a way because I felt that my, my parents felt and I felt like my intellect did not translate, like, yeah. <laughs> at school. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, so, um, I, but I was so embarrassed by it that I, I, I didn't take medicine, um, at all. Like I wanted to prove that I could do it without medicine. Like I think from fifth grade all the way until law school, I didn't take medicine. And then when I got to law school, I was like, oh shit, I cannot keep up with these mofos without, um, <laughs> without well, taking the medicine. What leads to you even getting, I mean, I'm assuming you went to like a, a therapist to some degree, um, for diagnosis or pediatrician yeah Ah. um well it was you're hitting all my my objection buttons (laughs) i know right so i would walk apparently i wasn't aware of like the diagnosis like pre-conversation but i'd walk into like my second grade class every morning like hello world i'm ready like let's do this today and um and that by you know four o'clock every night you know every uh afternoon i was just beaten down i was just totally like and then the next day I'd be like, yes, again, let's go. And then, by, you know, again, just, and so my, apparently that's the, what my secondary teacher told my parents, like, well, I don't know how, where the optimism comes from, but by the end of the day, this kid is just beaten down by the yeah. world. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I think I knew from really early on that my brain worked a little bit differently than most people. It definitely gave me like a little bit of an inferiority thing, but then it slowly helped me understand that, okay, these people don't have, I think it's like, now I've seen it as like. Uh, ease of inspiration which is a curse and a blessing you know so no but i think my boss would be so upset if i wasn't add or adhd (laughs) they love it once you get higher up in the world adhd add is seen as like a she's or they're organized (laughs) so organized and like yeah and so many ideas and you know it's yeah you know so yeah but my sister was diagnosed as well and it was just one of those things i think my parents were very like we told you to do this. Why didn't you do it? And yeah. the fact that we didn't do it, they were like, give us an explanation for why our children are not immediately doing what we told them to do. Yeah. So. Um, what, when was your sister diagnosed? Same time. Like they okay. were like family trip to the pediatrician. <laughs> Apparently they said that parent teacher, parent teacher conference, like one year, like the teachers told them the exact same thing. Yeah. And they were, you know, so they were like, all right, let's do something about it. It's so, I get so uh, up in arms about the fact that, medical doctors can like essentially just give you drugs for mental things like i'm like hold on hold on we're all trained in something specific (laughs) yeah for a minute Um, i was very resentful of it for a long time yeah right and and i think that you know you hear these other there's this we've gone through waves there's a pendulum swing here of acceptiveness of children on medication um and you know there's this like old story about like a, a a doctor who who like is brought into a room and a child is like you know the parents like my child is ADD and the doctor's like all right and the doctor plays some music and like steps out of the room with the mom and and like peers in and the kid is like swaying to the music right and okay. the doctor says your kid is an ADD your kid is a dancer get your kid in dance class damn it you know and like I remember hearing this story and like I would have loved for my parents to have been like oh she's an artist yeah. You know, like, and it's go down that road, but eh, whatever. Yeah, it's uh, it's just funny to me because, like, I mean, I know a lot of people that 
they go and they're like, I have anxiety. And they're like, here's Adderall. And you're like, wait, what? Hold on. For anxiety? <laughs> and, or, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, uh, oh. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but there's, uh, there's just like, there's things that some stuff, yes, it's, it is a chemical imbalance and like medication is absolutely necessary. And then there's some stuff that like, if you go to therapy and kind of work through some stuff, you might yeah. not need medication or maybe you do in the beginning and then you don't need it later. So Absolutely. like taking that option off the table altogether by some primary care physician being like, Oh, I've got just the thing for this <laughs> blows my freaking mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Cause I, I'll tell you what, I know a lot of like physicians assistants and doctors and like, I wouldn't trust them to diagnose me mentally with something cause they, they got their own shit they're working on. Um, so that's uh yeah that's crazy to me. But what leads to your decision at fifth grade to stop taking medication? Um, I just emb- social embarrassment and also like a weird pride of like I can do this by myself. Like, you know, I can make the honor roll or whatever without help or what. I just felt like it was a it's a, a reclaiming of like yeah. So um, did you? Boy, you know, like were you okay. hiding not taking it? No, it... I just was like, I'm better than this. I'm not going to do it. I'm just, no, this is, you know, and um, I don't know. It's just, a, there's a stigma too. Like, I think maybe it's more common now, but like. Yeah. Well, back then for know. sure. Yeah, definitely weird. So, um, yeah, I did that. And um, I mean, certainly in retrospect, I could have benefited from <laughs> So, oh, well. Yeah, I did. I think around that same time, like when you stopped taking drugs, I got put on like Prozac and then ah. Ritalin and then, mm. yeah crazy stuff good times um, yeah <laughs> so you get off that you start middle school which is you know the worst years of our lives um sure. how, how was that <laughs> uh i would say middle school is probably the best years of my life <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> seventh grade was like a big peak for me like woo! like i just i i don't know like um got very organized i was in a I've uh, been listening to these um, lectures about how women and men, male and female students just learn differently. And there's this great documentary, this BBC documentary, I think it's called That'll Teach Them. And it's when they take boys and girls back and they take them back to like 1940s and 1950s style education. And the boys flourish yeah. they like do so and and the girls are like oh my god <laughs> um but there's just uh, there was for whatever reason at sasha about junior high they had like split us up into three groups and i was in a group that was um like a really small group so there's only like 30 of us and i did really well in like a there's only 30 of you you don't have to be too distracted you just know where you are at like yeah. that just helps me like a smaller group of like peer and just you had only two teachers that taught the main, you know, the majority of your subjects. And for whatever reason, that just like really worked for my brain. So that's good. Yeah. Um, what uh, what's your relationship like with your parents at this point? Like just in life, yeah. and childhood. Just, and I think my parents were. Um, I mean, they were really good parents to young children, like really yeah. adventurous and like fun. And I have like really warm childhood memories. But just like everybody else, like around that time, you start to go, wait, are all the things you told me absolutely certain? You know, (laughs) realize one day uh, your parents are just humans, (laughs) just humans. Yeah. Well, it took me a while to really realize that. But um, um, I I don't know, really strong personality. Um, My mom has really strong personality and it's been like the source of a lot of great creative like inspiration in my life, but also just a little bit like it's just challenging to have a big personality. you know, raise you. So well, it sounded like you had I, both sides too. Like your dad was maybe the more like straight laced person and your mom was more yeah. like the artist, like almost caricature if you wanted to put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had it both ways and they, they're very, um, they're very into each other. <laughs> they're like very into their marriage and which is great. And that's lovely. Um, you know, like my sister and I, I think maybe like we tried to divide and conquer and they just were not having that shit. They would just be like, no. Um, so yeah, so just, um, I don't know. Around that time, I think I was still very like, my family is cool and I love my family. And then, you know, I think around early high school is when I started to stop drink the Kool-Aid as much, you know, and I was, (laughs) you know, read, I read a little bit of Joseph Campbell and started to like, not really feel as great about some of the Protestant teachings that i had been sort of indoctrinated in so so how uh how religious was your family growing up 
So they were Catholic. They were both raised Catholic and they converted to Protestantism when I was like in elementary school. This is going to be the lowest ranked episode you've ever had, Lammy. <laughs> this is so boring. No, and I'm, I'm so sorry. No, we can all. skip all this and we'll talk about when I was an adult, which is more exciting. Give but... yourself more credit than that. Oh, God. No, um, I don't deserve it. I see. I was I was technically Protestant, but I don't know anything about it because really, I, yeah, because we. I mean, we were like an Easter and Christmas. Oh family. wow, you were like a Protestant Catholic. Yeah. If, uh, like, if like in the in my mom's eyes, we'd go all the time, but like uh, me and my brother were not having it. Got ya. <laughs> so, um, you yeah, guys are non-denominational or? No, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not religious at all. Uh, oh yeah, now, but I'm like sure. yeah, growing growing up. Um, I just knew I'd have to ask, like, what are we, mom? <laughs> which, is, which is really <laughs> funny that. to think about. Um, and then when I think about other stuff, like I was in a I was in a little club in elementary school called Kids in Christ or Kick. Um, and that was at uh, the Methodist Church on Walden. So sure. that was so I don't I don't know. My mom went to Unity and Royal Oak. Uh, oh, OK. But then like I remember. Yeah. And then she, I would she'd tell me we were protestant and i was like all right i don't know like i don't know what the hell any of that to this day i'm like you guys (laughs) why are all of you fighting about being the same thing (laughs) if everybody's in the if everybody's in the the christian bubble why why is everyone so angry with each other (sighs) um but no i'm not trying to start a religious war so i'm gonna no 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 i i you know it's interesting i have a lot of negative i um i'm really grateful for the protestant upbringing in some ways because i think well we went to church on sundays we also went sometimes to Sunday night church. We went to Wednesday night church every week. Wednesdays, so giving up a weekday. <laughs> and giving up like Saturday night. Yeah. You got to go to bed early. To go to church. Yeah. So where other people are probably like having a lot of fun and whatnot, I was like trying to decipher the meaning in like sacred ancient texts. And I think that had something to do with my later, my ability, like maybe in law school or later in life where I was like, oh, I don't know. I understand this parable or this metaphor. I don't know. It was just like a, an additional you know, days of training that yeah. I'm grateful for, um, for that reason. Did but. you have to do catechism before your parents converted? That's Catholic. Yeah. Um, but before no, they converted. Oh, no, no, I was too young. No, okay. my, yeah. I was I always know. really pissed about that, that I didn't get. I didn't understand. Like it sounded like a math or science class. And so I remember <laughs> kids, like I have specific memory in elementary kids would be like, yeah, I have catechism. I'm like, Okay, cool. And be like, God, why are they in these advanced math and science classes? They go hilarious. Um, And it wasn't literally for years. That's I didn't know what that was like. That is the funniest thing ever. um, Did I mean on the note of what you said earlier? Do you think your birth order had any impact on you? Probably. You know, I know that there's like that study of like people who are born later, like steal more bases in baseball. Like, like there's all these different (laughs) things that. Yeah, like you just have to, you're not going to be as strong, you're not going to be as smart, so you have to make up for it in different ways. As yeah. a child, you got to be a little bit more, you know, tricksy or risk-taking, and um, I think I think that's, you can see that. In- <laughs> Did your sister, was she, uh, like, getting in trouble with anything? Like, that, no, we, okay. we didn't really get in any kind of trouble. We, it just was not, I mean, we had a very stern... There's a very yeah. specific road we were going to follow. <laughs> I just, because yeah. my brother got in trouble a lot. And so, oh. like, the fact that I wasn't, you know, buying weed at 14, my mom was like, you're good. Got you, got you, got I think I, I, the traditional stereotype of, like, I got away with more because my older brother didn't, um, yeah, like, <laughs> definitely. Also, too, like, I, I, you know, I remember a junior high teacher telling me, like, you get away with more if you're good. Like, be good. Yeah. And have the reputation of being good. And you're going to get away with so much more. <laughs> and I just remember being like, noted. Noted. Um, yeah. Speaking of being good, you get to high school. Yeah. How's high school? <laughs> I, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> so you said something, because um, I, I mean, I, and I don't know what I'll keep in in the beginning. So I want to <laughs> reiterate that you sent a, sure. this wonderful outline that actually like helped me <laughs> with so many questions I'm going to ask you. <laughs> But you said you were like more concerned with the social aspect of high school, which is funny because like I, we all make our generalizations and judgments and everything. So I, and I could be right. I could be wrong. I would assume that you were a good student because I was obsessed and only cared about the social aspect. And I was like graduated with a 1.9. <laughs> like, um, 
I was a good student, but I think the standard that I hold myself at now and the standard that I'll probably tiger mom my kid into, <laughs> um, it was not where I would like, you know, yeah. it's not, it wasn't to the academic standard that I later held myself to. Like, yeah. yeah. So. What, so what, uh, I mean, what was high school like for you? I think it was like, um, when there was a program, a theater program, you know, when I was involved in a production, it was just exciting. And, um, I, I was in all the wrong classes when I look back, like, oh my gosh, there were so many things I wish someone had been like, I talk about Dana Curry and I talk about this all the time where she, she uh, somehow like we really lucked out. Um, like my best friend from high school, she lives an hour away now. Oh, that's nice. That's cool that she lives so close. So we're close. I interrupted she, you. <laughs> oh no! Um, so she is an incredible artist. She's always been an incredible artist, and um, she and I have this joke about like she was, you know, her her art teacher was like, "Wow, like look at like look at what you've drawn," and then she decided to drop art for like choir, which you know, kudos and whatever. Like, and I remember she says that her art teacher was like, "You damn well have." you know, you damn well better have like an incredible voice <laughs> because, and I just think about, there are so many things like that where you make choices where my parents were very hands off with education, like class selection. I had a friend, like my friend was the one that was like, Jesse, you need to sign up for the ACTs. Like That's nobody. Funny. Yeah. No, they were, my parents were just very like, I guess they trusted us or just were trying to prepare us for the real world. It was very hands off. It's funny. Cause you, you describe it as them kind of running a tight ship and like you had a path you had to follow, but then yeah. Academically, then when you say that, hands off and like it's so it's yeah it's so a weird, what not academically what are the strict guidelines that you guys that you kind of you were expected right. to follow so i think that um <laughs> there's a lot of like social expectation about how they wanted people to think about us okay and um hmm. and just how we were i think for a certain point maybe this is true of most parents an extension of them uh and how you how we were going to be seen and, yeah. you know, by others, the people that they went to church with and, um, the extended family. Um, it was very specific. And I think my mom had like a lot of aspirations for my sister and I yeah. to have a certain kind of life. And I think like, you know, I, I don't know who says to like a five-year-old, like, I mean, you're going to like marry somebody like that did at least as well as your father. Right. <laughs> like who says that? Did that but, create, Oh, oh what? No, I was just going to say, like, and we couldn't, like, watch a movie yeah. with, without her being, like, no girls, like, pausing it, being like, what do you think of her choices? What do you think? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Did that make you, uh, and this is funny, because, like, obviously I have a lot of theater memories of you, um, <laughs> so the phrasing of this question is ironic, but did it make you at all, especially looking back, feel like you were putting on a show when you were out and you weren't able to, like, follow certain, like... Maybe you thought, I want to do A, B, and C, but you're like, oh, but I can't because then A, B, and C would be, you know, against what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, and theater is such an interesting loophole, isn't it? Because all <laughs> of a sudden, you know, A, B, and C uh, offstage, not okay. A, B, and C on stage, okay, and celebrated, and ooh, bring that down the shoulder more, you know, like... <laughs> This is this is a funny topic that I don't I don't know if I kept it in the episode or not because it was so long. Me and Trulie talked for like three hours. Um, oh my god, but, I would have been fascinated by the outtakes <laughs> of that conversation. Uh, but we talked about theater <laughs> and high school and women like portraying like women. sex objects. Like children, women. children portraying women. Yeah. And and I I almost put that in my outline of like how insane it is to me now. Yeah. Again, as like a as an adult human whose brain is finally fully formed, and as a mother, like that that in high school it was like okay now you two kiss, <laughs> <laughs> like or, or or you represent something to this whole crowd of of men who are all gay anyway, like or most of them are, <laughs> and 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 all of you just stare at her with longing and just like I mean maybe it's just a crazy. It's crazy to me now. Yeah, I, so. I think the, uh, and this is something, God, I need to find those outtakes because we got into it pretty deep. Oh, I would but love just to like, hear about it. Uh, it shines a light on so many things. Like, first, it shines a light. And I, I'm curious to hear your take on this because you played the lead in at least a couple things, right? I would say that. Um, <laughs> but, like, so first it's, I think, the girl playing the the woman like it's your idea of what that character is and so then like what are you drawing from movies you saw or like right. are you playing out fantasies of what you think this is supposed to look like as an adult right. like, uh 
there's so many layers there there's so many that layers I would there. never have thought about. And it's funny because I, I told Truly, I was like, anytime I saw a play or a musical, like female lead, I was like, well, I have a crush on her now. Like right. you and Annie <laughs> and like, anyway, I was like, oh, a girl that can sing that like is all dressed up on stage. And I mean, that's a complex I still haven't got rid of. All my favorite artists are women. Um, <laughs> I think that, I think Mr. Tice, who I think is brilliant, and and I, there were like years later, maybe ten years later, I'd be sitting somewhere and doing something, and then I and then I'd be like, "Mr. Tice taught me that," or I'd be or I'd be like, "I know what he meant by that." Now he was just such an incredibly intellectual uh, director, and like he he, I think he analyzed who it was that he was dealing with, and he came at them at like whatever level they could handle, right? And yeah. so like he would sometimes be like. You know, he'd ask you questions and, and then try and get into a character's mindset. And I don't know. There was just some really interesting, like, it, it, he taught you how to be either a hero yeah. and make the audience cheer for you or or make them fall in love with you. And I think he just, or, or hate you, yeah. you know, and it, and he was good at, you know, just leading you there. So, um, yeah, I think when you draw from that, I feel like I had been trained my entire life to, like, be not a... a um, an ingenue. I was not trained to be an ingenue. I was trained to be like, like, come here, you know, sass, you know, it, that's, I mean, my, that was my mother's like, ah, I did it, you know. So, yeah. Uh, just her, yeah. And we, I just remember too, we were in our town together. Yeah, we were married. Yeah. <laughs> that was Doc Gibbs. Doc, you're, you're I was trying to think of our last name. It was, I don't. I didn't have a first name. My first name was Doc. Just Doc. Yeah. <laughs> I remember specifically. You. One of your lines was that, or I think it was your line that you had to say, "Put on your rubbers," and it was supposed to be like your, <laughs> sub, your like I shoe protectors. So, yeah. And we were like, "Can we change that?" <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, high school. High school. Uh, yeah. So good. Good theater. Met some really interesting people. I would say too. I really related to Lindsay Fogelman's statement of just like parents trying really hard to like just have like well-rounded children and I look back at I was we were at least allowed like the safety um of that setting to like you know become really close with people who were like you know Mormons and I don't drink caffeine you know and then like becoming friends with people who like maybe had like what I thought was like kind of a dangerous I don't know it was just like a, a wide yeah scope of you know life and um yeah, it's it, it. I used to like hate it. I used to cringe, and you used to have to have those shower moments where you're like, "Oh gosh," you know, it's like painful. And I don't have those as much anymore, thank goodness. Um, I, in fact, as years go on, I'm I'm more I feel better about it in retrospect. So I'm curious, uh, and this is obviously this is my uh, vision of you. Like when, when we were in high school, I re- I felt like you were one of those people that wanted to grow up fast and mm. like. And that kind of came out in your persona. And I'm wondering if that was something that is, is, if that's accurate. And then if like you, and then following years after that, when, you know, when you, when you move out and you gain freedom here and there or wherever you move to a different state, like if, uh, if you recognize that and you were like, oh yeah, I'm going to kind of embrace being young right now or or if that, maybe I'm way off base with all of that. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, to me, I definitely... I did. I did want to grow up in that. I wanted to like have the. I, I do want to grow up and be like, okay, I'm. I'm not a kid anymore. I don't know. Just um, it's interesting. I hadn't. I. I don't know that I'd ever really thought of it in the paradigm of that. Um, it. Yeah, I think growing up like was cool. You know, you're, like, you're going to grow up one day, and all of this exciting stuff is going to happen. And I think my mom often would like say to my sister and I, "This is a really boring phase. Like, this is boring. You know, like, but but later." later it's going to be great and then she you know tell us her stories of like you're gonna you're gonna go to the dance and they'll be playing the beach boys and the beatles and that'll be exciting and then you'll go with the corvette and then you'll drink like a milkshake with a boy and then you'll go to a concert and you'll get a new dress and it, it was all very like 1950s so she was projecting her child yeah absolutely you know and it'll be like and then you'll have a white wedding and you know what and it was just a very you know so um so yeah it, it sounded exciting too yeah. um to grow up that seems where the good stuff was and i don't Honestly, I do think that's where the good stuff is. I, I find childhood, like in retrospect, I'm like, oh, that was confusing. Yeah, I didn't know what was up. You know, what was down. You didn't. Well, yeah, to trust. hindsight's twenty twenty. I like. Yeah. I was so opposite. Like, I didn't. I uh, 
I mean, I, I realized this years later that this was like a way for me to not have to deal with anything was I was like, I won't live past 25. Like, I, I didn't think I'd start doing heroin or something, but I was just like, I'm not going to live past 25. And I that way Zach I didn't Whaley saying have that to too. deal like, with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think a couple, that's interesting. Like you just live fast and, and, and people who are like, oh, life is short. I'm like, fuck no, life is so long. Well, because the reality, life- I mean, for me, it was like you barely graduated high school. Uh, you know, college is, you want to go to like, these universities that you'll never get into uh anytime mm. like soon and uh so it was just easier to just you know it was it was a coping mechanism of just like i don't have to deal like, with I'll that because up. yeah i'm not losing i give up yeah or whatever i'll just you know do whatever play guitar bro um yeah <laughs> so it, it's funny when i talk to people that like were excited to be adults because oh, <laughs> yeah. i i wasn't for a long time and like now Mm. i'm like yeah 30s 30s is where it's at (laughs) it is where it's at no i definitely like yeah i I would never go any younger like you know any kind of like you know fairy godmother came back and was like what do you want i would never go any 16 no (laughs) (laughs) you know um no like i will 30 yeah 30 yeah i want to learn about my changing body again please (laughs) right yeah (laughs) Um, so what's a life after high school for you? Do you immediately go to college? Yep. Um, went to Oakland university and had like the most boring college experience that anybody has ever had. Um, this was the last time I saw you. Yes. I I was very bored. I I think of myself as like, I was like a a single mom without children at that time in my life. You know, (laughs) I was like, just work, you know, work, school, work, school, work, school. Just that's all I did. I don't, I don't remember a single like person's name from any classes I had, you know, like I was still friends with Dana and like a few other, but like that was it. And I just got done with um, college really quickly. um, And, and, you know, got in, got out. And, and when you're paying your own way, you're like, Oh my God, I do yeah. not want to. So that's unique. Um, <laughs> so you, you graduated undergrad with no student debt, no student debt. Yeah. And it because was all I mean, you, you paying for yourself, paid for it myself. And it was a, like, you know, you'd earn, you'd earn cash and you put them in the envelope and then you're like, okay. And then each semester I'll think about this. Like I had to, I had to earn like $3,000 each semester to be able to write that check to, you know, the office to be able yeah. to be like, okay, here's my, especially if you want additional checks. And I'm sure that that amount is an insane amount now. Like, I don't know, I don't know if it's possible now to waitress your way through undergrad yeah. the way I did. Um, Cause it's insane how, how, um, how much that's going yeah, up. It's but, crazy. That was almost 20 years ago. I can't imagine what tuition yeah. is now. Oh my so. gosh. I can't even. I'm going to yeah, find no. out very soon. I'm going back. Uh, oh. I'm getting a master's in counseling. I want to become a therapist. Um, and like probably I'll probably do everything at OU. So like I'll find out very That's quickly. So exciting. It's exciting that I'm going to accumulate more student debt. But yeah, no, uh, but it is exciting. It's, yeah, no, it's I, very cool. this podcast uh, accompanied with like some classes I was taking before this, like kind of was like, oh, like I can do this with strangers and get paid for it. Like I've right. had a lot of I've had a lot of <laughs> passions over the years between music and like other random crap. Um but it's nothing that I was like, I can make a career out of this. Uh, not for lack of trying. Um, but this is something where I'm like, oh, this is like a real thing. Like, Oh, this is a very real thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, so That's very exciting. I think like our culture has come to finally appreciate how important mental health is. And it's, I love it. I'm a huge yeah. advocate for therapy. Yeah. It's a, yeah, absolutely. Everyone should go to therapy. Um, I, would, uh, I work at a um, surrogacy and um, egg donation um, agency. We're actually, I'm actually furloughed right now, but whatever. I still consider myself. Whatever, yeah. guys. Oh, whatever. Um, and um, there, I love working with all our mental health professionals because, like, when you have a, when you work in a um, office where like 60% of them are like mental health professionals, it's rare where there's not a day where someone's like, okay, now, you know, I'm here for you. If you need to talk, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a very chill, you know, environment. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to get to that. Um, but before we do, you graduated in anthropology? Yes. What were you hoping to do with that? Or were you just interested uh, in the study of... For, <laughs> for of humans, yeah. groups, and individuals. Um, I had did my senior thesis on sociobiological perspectives of homophobia. Um, so for me, it was... Oh, I don't know if that it was, paused. Yeah, me, no, that's me. Sorry. It answered... Anthropology answered some of the questions that were left unanswered by no longer believing, like in creationism and, yeah. you know just like, um, like seven day, like a literal fundamental 
Bible based. Like there was a lot of questions I had, you know, like raise my hand. So like, was a lot of that like, hey guys, I was raised learning all this crap. I need to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it and it. I mean, I didn't. I learned not to say that. But I, <laughs> yeah, <that's>, I'm insensitive <laughs> like, sometimes. I yeah, no, no. But I, I would definitely be like, wait, what? You know. And, and for those of you who are just listening, all two of you, like I, because this episode is going to be boring. Sorry. Oh, dare I, mean, I know. I'm so sorry. Cause no, no I'm sorry you. that you feel the need to put yourself down I, on a regular I, basis. I, I, um. <laughs> I just was like scribbling furiously, you know, like, what? Wow. What? We have, and he raised my hand. I'd be like, there's proof of this. There's proof, you know, like and that was just really exciting to me. So, yeah. um, answered a lot of big questions and it helped me organize how I was going to see the world and, and people in groups are really interesting. And, um, I don't know, just helped me understand. I think I wanted to go into social, uh, sociology, like at my master's at university of Denver at one point. And so I moved to Colorado right after, oh. like I traveled. Yeah. Was yeah, moving traveled. to Colorado the first time you, because did you live at home throughout OU? I think Dana and I had an apartment for about, about a year, but because okay. I was paying my own way, I was like, ugh, yeah. gotta, <laughs> yeah. So um, what was it like leaving home state and kind of great, going out on your amazing, own? amazing, <laughs> incredible. Like what I had promised myself, I could claw my way to, yeah. you know, just, you could get there, you could get there. I remember like being a, totally alone in Denver and not knowing a soul and having savings and like probably not much else at maybe an aunt that was an hour away as like a safety net and just like laying on a blow up mattress and just being like, I did, <laughs> I escaped, I did it. And, and just feeling like I was the coolest ever for having just gotten out of Michigan for me, for whatever reason it represented just like, I just always was cold and like, everyone was like, Oh, economic depression. And I don't know. I just felt like <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere where there's like a city that I can go to and not be scared. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, great. I, um, that whole time of like graduating early and then traveling Europe and then traveling around the country was really exciting. And it definitely gave me this really exciting. Um, and I had this through uh, undergrad as well, uh, insight into like the blue collar America, yeah. like where other people were like partying and like having this really young experience where they were like flirting and like talking and like, what are you, who are you? I was like, Oh, do you want to trade shifts? Like, you know what I mean? It was a very, <laughs> I was a very serious, young adult and um i don't know i just became very close with people who were like really close to the line which yeah. has always helped i think it's helped me and cemented me to be a little bit more open-minded when it comes to you know knowing not not everybody what you know year, in a group yeah what year did you go to denver um like um oh golly so like oh four oh, oh five oh four oh five yeah yeah i was in la when you were in denver that's funny oh very fun yeah <laughs> very um fun. so how long are you there in colorado um six 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 eight months that kind of thing and then i transferred to honolulu like the chilies in honolulu what <laughs> so you know you could well this was this was how i traveled as like a you know blue collar travel system listen it's a fun thing to do it's like you get a job at a restaurant like a chain restaurant yeah brinker right no is right. it yeah, is a brinker yeah. yeah i think it is and then you and then you transfer to the re like i was going to transfer to the one in like japan i was like oh let's start with hawaii so you <laughs> so i transferred to the one in hawaii and like lived there for a while and that was fun that's and then awesome I, it was it was really cool and then i um i had worked at olive garden for a long time so then when my friend rachel barnett got an internship at cnn i went with her to new york and i Worked at the Olive Garden in Times Square yeah, for how, about six months. How uh, awesome or terrible was that? Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was incredible. It was such a, I mean, like, talk about, like, I'd look out the window sometimes and be like, I'm really here. It's incredible. And um, the people that I met were all aspiring actors, which I was like, oh, I know all you. <laughs> like, I know you guys. And it had just never occurred to me to continue theater after high school. It just was never even a serious contemplation in my head and seeing these adults who had like moved to new york to like i'm gonna make it and it's good yeah. and i just remember being like okay like all right that's great did and that kind of glue in the like no regrets about oh yeah oh for certain <laughs> and i remember this gentleman like as he's carrying like a bag of bread you know like a basket of breadsticks being like you know what i get two gigs a year like i get two performing jobs a year but so does brad pitt you know, like Brad Pitt doesn't do more than two a year. Like I am a successful actor. Nice. And I just, I mean, like, yeah, totally, totally. Um, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then you go to Chicago. Yes. Am I right? Um, am I so, um, I wanted to, no, I, I went to a law school after New oh, York. Oh, right. So yeah. What 
what's the transition from i got an anthropology degree i'm waiting tables in different states around the country uh and now i'm gonna go to law school <laughs> i think it's just law school is sort of this collection of a lot of people who like are like i'm smart and i'm not done learning yet or i'm smarter or i have something to prove um and i didn't find like a graduate program that really spoke to me there's like this old outdated like thought of like law school being like really hard to get into which isn't true anymore because i don't know in the early 2000s there was this really um big expansion between like there was no longer just like tier one tier two law schools there was the opening up of like tier three tier four so nowadays if you want to pay money you can get into a law school but there is still this archaic like they got into law school like and that's just like that that, tone is no longer deserved is that what you wanted like were you one of the people that I, I'm yeah. smart and I want to prove something. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, like a, I, I used to say, like, I am here to apologize to my parents for being an unmarried atheist. <laughs> and this is like my apology. They, when Now when people are like, how's Jesse? They'll be like, she's in law school. They don't have to be like, well, Jesse, you know, we're not sure what happened to her. How was so. your relationship with your parents after you graduated and did all that stuff? You know, there was a while in undergrad where I was just kind of like, didn't talk to them very often. And I was just, I think it's just having that distancing from them so it was it was friendly i guess friendly okay you know yeah (laughs) um so law school in michigan right law school in michigan and law school is the weirdest collection of people ever because they're i mean they're smart but they're weird and like a lot of them like i didn't know i don't like i didn't know people who did drugs i didn't drink at this point i didn't i had ever drank i had like i didn't know people like that until into law school where yeah. like people would like casually mention like hard drugs and i'd be like <laughs> i know right and then I they'd be like, all no, lawyers did cocaine <laughs> yeah exactly and i was like oh this is something that people are serious about um <laughs> and it was just too like i also hadn't been around a ton of like like really wealthy people before yeah and law school is like definitely an introduction to that and most people there or felt like most people there like parents were attorneys where again my parents were like go for it kiddo you know like nobody had like told me the inside road to it I, yeah. you know so yeah. like if you don't go to law school i won't love you as my child right right i didn't have <laughs> yeah they were just like wow that's great you know so um yeah it was just a weird group of people and um uh, i think i think i definitely knew within the first week like whoa this is not for me but i was i hadn't yet understood that it's like okay to pivot you yeah. know they say like failure is okay like fail early that's the trick yeah fail and be like no so at that point in my life i was definitely not comfortable with that and i was just like all right i'm gonna like next three years of just reading code and you know i don't like you know, was, i almost don't remember three years of my life because you were i was just library you wake up you yeah. study and that's when you started you, taking medication again for <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah yeah. So did so. you graduate with a law degree? Yeah, I have a law degree. I have my JD from Wayne State Law School, ABA accredited law school. Kind uh, of exciting. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you do this for three years. What's, I mean, what's, what's going through your head is like, what's next for you? Um, so I immediately moved to Virginia. Transfer to the Chili's there. Got it. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh God. Um, oh my God. Did I? I think I did. Oh, that was a joke. <laughs> I think I did. It was what I knew, and it was like I need to like tri- like I think I did. Like That's while amazing. I was studying for the LSAT. This has been the best payoff of my entire podcast career. I think Thank I might have. <laughs> <laughs> I um no no so yeah I. Um, I moved to Charlottesville and it's so Charlottesville is like the most beautiful city. It's gorgeous. It's so insane to me that it is now in the national like mind as a place where Nazis are because it is a very liberal, like absolutely picturesque, lovely. Like I remember like driving in, you know, I, my, my, um, blue collar experience, like me, I'm like a really cheap person. Like I'm a, like a profoundly cheap, like I hate spending money so much. So, like, I very free. There you go. Um, <laughs> So like I drive through the night and, you know, drive my parents crazy with that kind of stuff. Like, but, you know, pay for a hotel is just, no, I'm not going to do that. So like, I remember like driving in after driving all night into Charlottesville and like the, you know, the white rabbits, like this band at the time that was kind of, you know, was playing on the, on the local station. And I just remember like pulling in and being like, it's it's so beautiful. The trees and the the green hills and just feeling like, okay, now I've really arrived. It's, it was very, very pretty. And I loved it there. Um, so yeah, I love Charlottesville, uh, studied for the bar and, um, yeah. And then, uh, pretty quickly got a job at the, uh, defense contractor, um, where I met my husband. 
Nice. Uh, I want to yeah. back up a little because yeah. you mentioned this and I'm very curious. Uh, you dated like a band manager? Or something. Oh, right. So this is okay. I don't know if this is interesting, but just in case it is. Um, I'm just so, curious because I'm yeah. wondering if that was the, well, go ahead. I'll... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you're probably spot on. So this is, this is again, an example of like how out of like, just how uncool I am. <laughs> And out of the loop I am is that I, I had been studying to join the Foreign Service, um, which is one of the reasons why I had chosen um, Virginia was because I had a, um, you take an exam at the Foreign Service and like, you know, it's a really low pass, pass rate. And then if you pass it, you go in for a full day interview at the State Department and they ask you a lot of intense questions and they like make you do all these weird like interactions with other people anyway. So I had just gone, gotten into that interview and I didn't make it past like the third phase of it. And so I like went back and started studying at this, um, at UVA law school. And I met this guy and we started chatting and he like casually mentioned like that, Oh my, his band that he manages had like a meeting with Sony on Tuesday. And I was like, that is so cool, man. That is so good for you, man. Like stick in there. Like, oh, good. You know, like when you follow your dreams, like anything is possible. Like I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Like, and good for your band too. And he was just like, thumbs up um and like became like closer and you know started flirting and whatever and um and then like he casually like mentioned something i think about like a band member having died and like the estate being still in dispute and i was like the estate is in dispute like most band people i know like there is no estate yeah. in dispute you know and like um I, and then i remember like i don't know being like oh so how did that meeting with sony go you know and he was like oh, i mean we have them like every tuesday and i was like oh shit anyway he managed to date matthew's band and i had no <laughs> idea that like charlottesville was the home of dave matthews yeah. and that this guy like was a, a big deal at like uh, red management like red something red. anyway so i don't know we that's, already yeah that's fine i remember when he died well the trumpet player right yeah 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 because that was <laughs> so funny uh, it's funny when people talk about things on a timeline that I can relate to because of small details <laughs> like that. Right. Cause like I had seen, I believe that was either the year before or the year after, I think it was the year before I saw him at Rothbury, uh, music festival in 2008, <laughs> 2009. Um, and that was around that time. Cause then I think either, I think I either have footage of yeah i have footage of him playing trumpet before he died and then mm. he like died the following year my wife is like a huge dave fan um so that was that's just i don't know it's just weird it's weird to it think is, where no. people are and what they're doing at the where exact they are, same yeah, time yeah absolutely um <laughs> yeah and i had like no idea like when he was like oh yeah and i think he um the the gentleman i became friends with was like like talking to me as if like every white girl was like you know what i'm who i'm talking about right and for like weeks i was like i have no idea i have no idea who you're talking about and so like probably the experience of being like backstage at like a dave matthews like concert was so wasted on me you know yeah. like i was like so this guy big deal this guy's big cool cool like, can i ask you a question what absolutely movie or show was actually like secretly made just for you like you were oh. like oh they wrote this just for me I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. Mm. Uh, I, oh, you know what? High fidelity. Mm. <laughs> um, high fidelity and or Elizabethtown. Really? Elizabethtown is not a movie I talk about very much because my wife and her sister like to make fun of me for how much I like it. Um, but what was it about Elizabethtown that resonated with um, I like the idea of this depressed guy about to kill himself and then his dad dies. So then he has to deal with like the issues of like him and his father's relationship. And then he kind of gets saved by this quirky girl, you know, every guy's dream. Um, <laughs> and then he, <sighs> and then it ends with him like on this road trip, just kind of like rediscovering himself. Uh, it's High Fidelity and Elizabethtown are two movies wow. that like will put me in a place like mm, emotionally mm -hmm. in a, a headspace or mm -hmm. if I'm in that spot like I will I love to watch those movies. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would be my answer to that. 
That's a great question. (laughs) That's interesting. I, I now, whenever anyone describes to me what it is that they do, I say, "Oh, okay, cool. Can you tell me the show or the movie that depicts it as closely as what it is that you're?" Because most people have, most people have a response to that. You know, like I'm going to jump back on track. Sure. Because I want to talk about what you're doing now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Thank you. And how you got into it. So, okay. uh, I mean, I'll let you, <laughs> Yeah, um, my ominous introduction. <laughs> sure. Um, so, um, right now I am co-chairing Resolve. Resolve is the National Infertility Association's um, Advocacy Day, Federal Advocacy Day. And I'm really excited to be co-chairing this. And it's a um, an event where the infertility community comes together and we petition lawmakers to um, pass pro-family uh, legislation. So, pro-family is like... Um, well, we believe the adoption tax should be refundable so that lower, lower to middle income people should be able to afford to adopt. Um, we think that if you lost your fertility, uh, due to service related, like injury or illness, that that should be covered. You should be able to That's have crazy a child. that it isn't. I didn't it's know that. It's crazy that so it isn't. if, yeah, yeah, if something happened, like if you're saying, if you're in the military, like yeah. You get and shot, your uterus doesn't work anymore. IVF is not covered under... Correct. Wow. At this current time. Yeah. And so the extension, we, we feel that it should be. I mean, parenthood for a lot of people is just a fundamental uh, portion of, 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 you know, the human experience. Yeah. And infertility affects one in eight couples in the United States has a, um, a difficult time becoming or remaining pregnant um, after a year of trying. Um I, they don't often use the word epidemic, um, but fertility is, I mean, as far as I can see the numbers, it's, it's an epidemic. It's, yeah. we are starting to see a little bit more like people are talking about it and, and, and that's great. But, um, Resolve is an incredible organization that like offers nationwide, um, meetups and support groups for people who are experiencing, who have like a patient experience. And they also advocate against um, bills that would make IVF and other family building um, opportunities impossible. Um, and I got into this because I, um, I was hired when I, when we moved to Chicago, I was hired by a um, surrogacy and egg donation agency. And I became really interested in like, Oh my goodness, I didn't, I didn't realize that people spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to become a parent. Yeah. Was this um, something, and I'm not trying to, Oh, yeah. any borders but was it something no, no. that you personally dealt with that got you into it or no i i've i've had totally unearned luck with my own fertility <laughs> you know like yeah. just and but that's what it is it's just luck like we just i my only challenge of family building was talking my husband into having a kid you yeah. know that was my only challenge like hey we really should make a baby yeah. um but you know once i told him on that like no we didn't have any um any difficulty um but i then began when i began working with the gestational surrogate community which those are women who have no genetic link to the children that they carry. Yeah. So like an egg, like, you know, an embryo is put into their body. They have no, so I've worked with these women and they, they are just so like, well, I've always given a Southern accent, but they're always like, you know, like, of course I'm going to do like, I've had good luck. I'm going to pay that luck forward, you know? And like, when you meet 30 women like that, you're like, well, what am I doing to pay my good luck forward? Yeah. It was really inspiring. And I just like, once we moved closer to DC, I was like, well, I'm going to start in on the advocacy. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to send you a link where people can either register to attend this virtual event on May, May 20th, um, or they can send, um, they can spend 45 seconds to fill out a letter that will send to both of their senators and their representative to show that they support, um, family building. And it's not, it's bipartisan. It's not, yeah. Republican, it's not obviously. Democratic. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully very, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very, it is very just, it's a human issue. Yeah. And it's a big deal to a lot of people. And it's funny. If you're this out is, there, yeah. Yeah. And this is a topic that's come up on this podcast multiple times. Um, yeah. And this is, these aren't people that I'm like specifically seeking out for this reason. So, like, the numbers are, the numbers are true. Um, it's true. Yeah. Uh, and that's another person that I haven't interviewed that's on my, I just thought of because she's, she's, seven months pregnant and this is the first one that's kept like stuck mm, she's had yeah. a number of miscarriages so um yeah that's it's uh it's an issue that's that's we, very prevalent we do a really bad job of teaching people about their bodies and i think there's a really uh, frustrating point where as a woman i think we're told like early 2009 all of us 90s babies all of us 90s girls like girl power we we're like yeah you can have everything and there's yeah. just a really frustrating uh, sort of experience of like there is there is very much a biological clock there's very much a, a um you know a timing issue so if you want certain things in your life things have to be um organized differently maybe than they are for men and so um yeah. 
yeah it's, it's interesting yeah i've talked to people about uh i don't know how much this impacts anything but like the fad exercises and diets like i've talked to people that have been on such severe diets and like crossfit training to where like they don't have a period anymore yeah (laughs) like then they're like oh wait if i want to get pregnant yeah that's a huge roadblock for me (laughs) absolutely no um yeah absolutely when i was training for my first marathon yeah you just don't yeah your your body's like it's survival mode your body's like well shut down all (laughs) shut down production (laughs) that's crazy um well yeah i will put that up uh so people can sign up and look at that because that's yeah, it's very yeah. obviously more prevalent than just from doing this show. More prevalent yeah, than it people is know. It's out there. And it's like really, it's uh, apparently, it's really, um, apparently, it is absolutely like it touches every aspect of like every holiday then becomes like a, a frustrating experience, you know, yeah. it's not just Mother's Day, you know, Easter and Christmas and yeah, crazy stuff. So, so that's what you're doing now. Uh, you got into it in Chicago. Yeah. And I found you, this like really cool agency that um i don't know just works i get to work with these gestational carriers which again are like the super i always say to people like um i feel like i really understand gestational carriers these are the women that i went to high school with that's yeah. what i like I, i'm like oh i know her i get i get this crowd and then the um intended parents are our clients i'm like oh those are the people i went to law school with <laughs> i know i know them too <laughs> like and yeah. uh were you involved with this before or after you had a child yourself? Um, so I, um, I, I got the job and became interested, and I think it definitely pushed a parenthood a little bit forward in yeah. my mind, to my husband's dismay at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but took talk, you know. So how yeah, old I, has, how old is your husband? No, your child. Child. Um, <laughs> my child is three. She'll be four in October. Yeah. Yay. How's yeah, parenting? Yeah. Um, it's uh, parenting pre COVID 19. Like, I'd be like, amazing and great. And like, she's like totally my buddy. We're into the same thing. You know, like, yeah. I want to play dolls. She wants to paint. Like, we're into beads. Like, she and I, like, we're into the same stuff. So it's pretty great. Um, but, you know, this is just a weird time. Yeah. Have you been, <laughs> has parenting brought up, uh, I mean, she's still young, so maybe not, but. Like, has it oh, brought no. up some reflection on your mom and, and her? You're just a lot of nodding. <laughs> yes. It has really contemplated. It has really complicated my, some of the black and white sorting that I've done. Yeah. You know, and it's also, it's just, oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all gray it's, area, Jess. It's now, it's all, now I'm like, who's to say? And yeah, I think it definitely gives me, it's also really lovely to see my parents now as I see them now as their primary, like, their grandparents yeah seeing them through the lens now of grandparents like really takes the burden off of the relationship honestly yeah they can just be my child's grandparents for the month and so I'm like that's great i love it does your sister have kids <laughs> she does she's okay. four four kids oh wow <laughs> yes yes two of her children are biological the other two are are um just extra you know extra bonus fun like yes bonus you know, fun kids bonus fun kids they love it <laughs> that's uh i can't imagine uh, I have a lot of friends with a lot of kids, which now that's weird to think about. We're the last couple yeah. in our, like, and officially, I think in all of our group of friends, because, you know, you have like these friends, yeah. like your wife's friends yeah. and your husband's friends and then a the couple sure. friends and like, we're the yeah. last ones in every group that don't, yeah. <laughs> don't have kids. So it's like, oh, we either need to start hanging out with 25 year olds or we need to start <laughs> having kids. <laughs> the nice yeah. thing, though, I think we waited long enough to where our kids are gonna have babysitters from all of our friends kids. that's fun and also too i would say that like i am so glad that i entered parenthood a little bit later because again like i was like i got married later i entered parenthood a little bit later and i'm appreciative of every um like every single podcast i've listened to every like article i've read yeah. i've needed you know the emotional maturity to sort of be like oh i want to do oh, this yeah. right yeah. you know and and um yeah so it's fun fun yeah. stuff yeah anytime uh Anytime my wife gets anxiety about getting being a parent, I'm like, think of all the people that can. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, so I think we'll be good. Oh, you'll be great. Well, so, I mean, one of the reasons that we've waited so long is like, you know, we look at it logistically and it's like, oh, like financially, this is the most expensive thing you could yeah. ever do. Um, daycare costs and, and uh, <sighs> just yeah daycare your face just daycare. lit up <laughs> daycare is brutal it's brutal 
Yeah, but um, do you live close to family, like anybody that you like trust? Yeah, <laughs> that's, okay. that's the key question, right? Anyone yeah. you want to leave your child <laughs> yeah. with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's also really, really good. Um, yeah, uh, I, I mean, for me, I definitely wanted to be a parent because that was going to fill out the whole experience, and I'm glad that I did. And I, you know, I don't know who she's going to be. It's interesting, like she has these little moments of like just you know, saying miraculous shit. And I'm like, did you teach her that? And my husband's like, I did. That's true. You know, yeah. they're just, yeah. So being a parent's good. I'm going to talk to you. It's, yeah. I had this fun experience too in between uh, fertility for four years. I was a magistrate in Virginia, which means that whenever anyone would get arrested in the County that I worked yeah, for, it sounds like be- such an interesting thing. It was probably the coolest job I've had. I mean, it was really, it was, it was a weird job, but it's, um, so I don't know if you have magistrates in Michigan, but like it's, there's sort of like a check on police authority in Virginia. So it's like, you can't have a, pol- you know, a police officer be like, Hey you, I don't, you know, I just don't like how your face looks. And like you drag, you know, because then I like be to think in. that's the same everywhere. Unfortunately. Well, oh, <laughs> I gotta tell you it, um, it co- again, it complicated my understanding of humans and human groups and human organizations. Yeah. Like more like I would love to tell you like, Oh, I have a really Pollyannish idea about it. But, um, no, <laughs> like it was, com- it was really a complicating experience Four years of just, so anyway, people would come and they would give you, te- you'd swear them in and you give them testimony. The officers would say, Hey, I was, you know, driving around and this person was swerving in and out of lanes. And then I, you know, asked them to step out of the car, take a breath alert. You know, they'd give you the testimony. Then you'd say, if I probable cause or you don't, you'd issue the warrant. And sometimes you could say like, look, I think, no, I don't think you, I think you overstepped, you know, officer so-and-so like denied and, and they never liked that. So, um, or search warrants too were really fun. Like, you know, denying search warrants or sometimes citizens could also come in and petition if the law enforcement officer didn't feel that they wanted to bring charges so lots of domestic abuse like pe- people would come directly to the magistrate and and ask for warrants or protective orders directly so it was a really interesting experience and um you know there was like a serial killer on the loose for a while and i guess you Jeez. know held him without bail that was an easy that was an easy hearing you know that kind of fun thing that's so, crazy yeah. Yeah, yeah i bet i'm sure you have a lot of fun stories from that yeah. <laughs> how long yeah. were you doing that for four years yeah wow yeah uh, were you, you weren't still doing that when the riots happened in Charlottesville? Were you? No. Oh my God. That's, I'm so glad I was not. I felt for whoever had to do that, those hearings. I can't even imagine. Yeah, a, and again, it's such a weird, crazy, weird time. Even, such a weird and, time. Yeah. <laughs> for a number yeah. of reasons. Yeah. Crazy. Um, I guess finally, how are you holding up during quarantine? <laughs> I think, I don't know. I don't know. How. <laughs> I mean, fine. Wait, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see if I still talk to people when I go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's okay. I'm really gr- grateful that my child's like this age because she's like loving it, and yeah. I don't know. My hus- my husband is like this is the best. So yeah, you know, he doesn't mind. We're. I guess we're good. I guess we're good. Um, no, I hope that this is. It good. was fantastic. I I, okay. Good. I hope you enjoyed yourself and you don't find yourself. Putting yourself oh, I, down. I, no, I definitely will not listen to the end of this. Whatever. Um, no, but um, thank you for the opportunity, and this is fun to chat with you. Yeah. Uh, it's so. In, it's just so interesting that you have this interest in humans. Yeah. And like it compels you to reach out to humans in this way that I feel like most people would be shy about, but that's just not. Uh, most people are shy about it. Um, yeah. It's funny. It's one thing I deal with that really drives me nuts is. Like, if you don't want to do this, I 110% understand that. Because, like, you're opening yourself up and there's, yeah. you know, like, some people aren't comfortable with that. And that's totally fine. Um, but, like, just say no. <laughs> like, I get I get ghosted oh. on so many messages. Um, oh. And it's, it, it's so strange to me. Like, it's weird because if you're going to, like, like a status and accept a friend request, when I'm like, hey like long spiel about my podcast and you just and it shows like seen or read and it's like and no response like come on yeah yeah (laughs) that's so awkward um and i would like (laughs) even if you were just like no thanks or not interested or just like sent me the middle finger emoji like something you're like cool i get it but to like ghost me on that is just so weird unless i'm like I don't know. That's what I expect from like a celebrity. If I'm like, loved your movie. Yeah. I don't expect a reply from them. Yeah. No, I get it. 
Okay. I, but I wonder, I wonder if your perspective of that when you have a child will be different and you'll recategorize half of those seen unresponded as, oh, they were just <laughs> fucking dealing with a toddler. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I would agree with you, but I've like, I, I have a spreadsheet where I like, have oh. I reached out to this person? Have I followed up? And so like, if oh. I do a follow up and like, they didn't respond to the first one and be like, Hey, just check in. I didn't hear back from you, blah, blah. And they still don't respond, but they still read that one. I'm like, okay, well clearly. Is your, is your criteria absolutely you have to already know them and you have to be able to do in your introduction, this is how I know this person, which I feel well, like they I have to be a Facebook friend. I, oh, they have to be a Facebook friend. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So we jumped into so many things I know. at the beginning, but uh, maybe I'll cut this up so I can say <laughs> I usually do start with how I know you. Uh, I know you from high school. We had a couple classes together. We were married in a play together. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know how much more. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, we'll cut it off there. Just high school. We hung out once okay. after high school. Yeah, <laughs> all good. We'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, it's it's really really great seeing you, and good seeing you. I'm so excited that I, you're one of those people that it's funny that you mentioned like what's he up to. Like you're definitely one of those people that I would try to find occasionally. Yeah, um, just to see what's going on. Yeah. Well, fun things, and uh, so so lovely speaking with you, and um, good luck with the with the making of the human child. Hey, thanks. I will uh, do. I will do my best. I'm going to put yeah, my my best foot you forward. Do that. It's just a good idea. Good idea. Right. Have a good one. Take you care. Too. All right, you just listened to my interview with my friend Jesse. Uh, it was. Like I said at the beginning, so nice to see her and sit down with her. Um, you know, I reach out to a lot of people to see if I can talk to them for this podcast. And I don't always get positive results. And then there's some people that I really hope are interested. And not only was Jesse interested, but she also listens to the podcast, which which is, I love. Uh, absolutely. And answers my question about who is, who's in D.C. downloading my podcast. Um so thank you again to her so much. And as you heard at the end, coming up um, is Resolve, which is the National Fertility Advocacy Awareness. You know, I'm going to do it in justice. So I will read this letter. Um, Dear listeners, family, it is one of the most valued social institutions for Americans. During these trying times, family becomes even more important as stronger families create a stronger society. However, for the one in eight American couples who experience infertility, one in eight guys, that's 12 and a half percent. This can compromise their desire to start a family. According to the World Health Organization, the American Medical Association, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, and the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. That's a lot of people. Infertility is a disease. Due to lack of insurance coverage and access to reproductive care for this disease, those who are unable to become pregnant or sustain a pregnancy find it difficult to build a family they are so longing to start. So uh, they are asking for your support for, you know, pro-family policies. Um, She's out there on the front lines talking to Congress and trying to get more done um, for people that struggle with fertility in their uh, journey to create life and bring, and bring life into this world and support life. So check that out. A uh, link will be in the description. And I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. And I hope you're all staying sane. I know a lot of stuff has been lifted. Um, I don't know. It's crazy times. I can't comment too much on it because it feels super divisive, even though we're all in this together, which is a strange, strange thing. But thank you again to Jesse, and I will talk to you guys next week with yet another interview, because that's what we do here. You can email me directly at justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. Shoot me a text or a phone call or a FaceTime if you got the number. Um, I don't know. I've been going in waves. I was riding high for a long time. Now I'm kind of, I droop in and out of it. So if you want to reach out and say hello or say, hey, I listened to that podcast or say, hey, how you doing there, feller? Uh, feel free because I would, I would accept that with open arms. I will talk to you guys later. Have a beautiful week.